Orb presents The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Orb, Episode 1, The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay. Yeah, and this is the pilot episode of The Venture Brothers. Um, this originally aired in February, on February 16th of 2003. Uh, mostly written and produced, uh, like in the in 2000 or so. And this is the worst episode of the show, Gary. Oh, by quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was... I. I was talking about doing this show uh, with my girlfriend, who I now live with. And she's like, oh, would that be fun for us to watch together? And at first I was like, yeah. And then I said, well, I'm going to watch them and then watch them with a commentary afterwards. So that won't be that fun. And then uh, the scheduling didn't work out. And I'm really glad that she and I didn't watch this one because it's uh, not super good. And I think that she would not want to watch more. Yeah. Yeah. you know, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the creators are saying this is the best episode of the series or anything. No. Um, but it gets better uh, shockingly quickly. <laughs> um, the, the next episode has a bunch of good funny jokes in it. Yes. Um, this is more of a curiosity than anything, and it is not in canon. Right. Uh, at all. Yeah. Characters act differently. Their relationships have not yet uh, been been established. Uh, the look is entirely different and bad in a way that mm-hmm. makes you forget that the rest of season one actually does look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it just gets better looking. Yes. You know, as it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the reasons. Uh, so just real quick, like as I find trivia, I'm going to pop it in mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Just, you know, Turtle Bay, uh, the terrible secret of Turtle Bay. That is where the UN is located. Yeah. yeah. I know that's very common. You know, uh, <laughs> trivia, like knowing where the UN is located is some real grade school. It is. Stuff. Yeah. But, but, uh, but playing up that weird ass neighborhood name for the mystery of it, it is a, a time honor tradition. That's a, that's a thing that happens in the dark tower series that Stephen King does, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the reason why this, uh, does not look as good is because, or one of the reasons mm-hmm. is because it was animated in flash. Right. Um, and they talk at length. Uh, in the book about how that is difficult and on the mm-hmm. commentary, um, basically kind of kludging it together. Like they wanted to have these beautiful painterly backgrounds mm-hmm. like 60s cartoons did, and they succeeded at that. But having them uh, edit together and work on film was a little bit of a challenge. Yes. Um, in addition to just not having their process mm-hmm. uh, taken care of. Yeah, there's a real mismatch between what they are attempting to do and what Flash is capable of. If they were making something that Flash lent itself to, it would probably end up looking better, quote unquote. Yeah. But they're, you know, attempting to do a lot of these really like hand drawn, pretty frame by frame kind of things. And that's just not not something that Flash does really well. Flash is like a, you know, a lot of its keyframe animated and stuff like that or done with like, pu- like puppet rigging. <laughs> like if you would like to make Radiskull, <laughs> use Flash. If you would like to not make Radiskull, do not use Flash. Yeah. Um. This is this is not just uh just on Flash though. This is also down to uh them being some kids mm-hmm. uh doing their first pilot, you know, first solo pilot. Like obviously, yeah. uh, public had worked on Tick and such. Um, and not having uh processes. Like there's a lot uh you know public talks about. 
um, the difficulties of, you know, kind of assuming he could do this sort of thing because he was a storyboard artist mm-hmm. and, you know, different, uh, different animators and artists being like, okay, what, what does Brock look like in profile? And him being like, I <laughs> just, just take a guess. I don't care if yeah, it looks I, weird. We need to get this done. Yeah, we got to go. You know, yeah. what do the boys look like from the front? Well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is all stuff that eventually would become like amazingly consistent. Yes. But I found reading about this incredibly relatable. The idea of assuming you can do something and then uh, doing it and just being like, oh, there's like a billion questions I didn't even think to ask. It took an hour to write. I figured it would take an hour to read. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I love that stuff. I, I mean, it's um, also the, de- the detail that blew my fucking mind is that uh, this took three months to make. Yeah, uh, which in animation uh, terms is a really, really short time. I, I you know, I used to work at a at a, a marketing company that primarily did animation, and like for a two minute video, the process would take two months. At Six the, years? No, <laughs> no. no. So it just. They... Uh, <laughs> but to you know to with with no experience and also a very inaccurate idea of what your competencies are to come out and do this in three months is still really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tapping, you know, almost exclusively just friends and families, yes. uh, family, some work friends, you know, mm-hmm. be, you know, because obviously public had worked in animation, but a lot of just his friends and family did voices and such. Um, you know, the exceptions for uh, the voice work being amateur are Rusty, Brock, and Dean, mm-hmm. um, where they have other people. And these will also change uh, or Dean changes. Yeah. Right. It's not Dean. It's it's not the same Dean in this one. Oh shit! You're or right. Is it? Yeah, uh, I, I I believe it is not. I think they found Santa uh, Claus. Um, yeah, Santa Claus. Santa Claus is uh, evil. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, th- that's a real fun story when you read it in the book. They're like, yeah, then we we had a couple of people, and then somebody just suggested santerna claus and like you know public mm-hmm. just talked to him and he said hello like oh my god you're dean is the party's born to play baby uh-huh. um the writing and initial work on this uh did not have doc hammer uh right. doc hammer was brought in to do editing um and sound right. stuff on this and it was literally uh the meeting at a party mm-hmm. and him just being like hey if, this sounds really cool if you ever need any help <laughs> and uh doc hammer was on tour with his band mm-hmm. um and jackson public just like kept texting him like hey do you know this you know quark do you know you know this software do you know how to edit yeah and he's like yeah i can help with that i can help with that and then yeah. when he came back he was in so he did not help write it but he did help put it together and he will be involved in the writing uh and everything more holistically moving forward yeah it's funny listening to, listening to the commentary and then also reading the book because it's kind of like it sounds like doc hammer was just being polite and then a monkey paw finger curled down mm-hmm. <laughs> he just got harassed into being part of this but like hammer and public get along really well and in fact you can tell just by hearing them speak naturally to each other as friends that like oh, absolutely oh the, like the, yeah. this show is is filled with two people who you know just, just groups of two characters who have a banter back and forth you listen to the two of them talk and they're like oh each of those pairings is in one way or another these two guys yeah. yeah. And the uh, uh, I love, uh, you know, this is this is a show on the network I'm going to take notes on because mm-hmm. I don't always take notes, but I'm taking notes. And one of the notes I have for the commentary is just fun, goofy boys. Yes. 
uh, because listening to the commentary, like these guys are so obviously friends, it comes through in the show, but it feels really good to feel that confirmed. Mm-hmm. And even down to individual jokes and voices and stuff, these, you know, it was these guys working in a space late at night doing shtick, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make each other laugh, coming up with these little, uh, scenes and characters and stuff. And then those just literally made it out of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the voice of the monarch is what they guessed the black manta from <laughs> super friends would yeah. sound like, um, you know, even exactly yeah. that. So they, um, you know, that, that is so refreshing and feels so good. And I mean, and to be, uh, and to be self, self absorbed here for just a second, uh, not to make everything about us, but like looking at that professional relationship and seeing how fun that was and what they made out of it. Like, I don't know. That's, that's squad goals, life goals that, you know, like, yeah. I <laughs> hope that someday we'll be friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. It's fine. We'll get there eventually. I'm guessing decade two is when we really probably, come to our own. yeah, yeah. One of us has to have a kid so we can get some uncle energy. This is this is all prologue. Yeah. Yeah. They (laughs) had to extract a baby from my desiccated balls. Um the uh so you know that friendship really comes through Mm -hmm. as uh as we mentioned. Um even though this does not fully have the voice. Like there are parts, you know, they talk about this in the book a little defensively, like, oh, I still really like the pilot. It's not what we ultimately wanted to do. Uh, I can't go with them on that. Like I actually don't like the pilot, I, I think it's really interesting, though, and there are a lot of weird generality uh, kind of differences to the tone of the rest of the series mm-hmm. that I, I want to point out that are just interesting in retrospect. Yeah. Like, there are some dead ends. <laughs> um, you know, Doc's uh, pill thing yeah. is really underlined mm-hmm. in this. He's taken pills a lot. Yeah. You know? That's, uh, that's... And he takes pills later, but he talks about them, and there are jokes, and there's context, and other people remark on it. Here, it just the joke is kind of like, "What if your dad was a pill popper?" <laughs> you know, which is a funny joke. Yeah, right? Don't get me wrong. No, that's I mean, a, what, what no, a hilarious no. I, scenario. I mean, what a re- the thing is, it's relatable. Yeah, what a chuckle up. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's presented kind of on its lonesome. Yeah, in this first episode. Yeah, a uh, good no- good number of those things, uh, and you know, not to not to camp out too much on it, but like I don't know, some like weird jokes about race. <laughs> the 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 uh, villain in this not necessarily mm-hmm. the most. Uh, it's it's not a decision that I think anyone. I was gonna say it was the most culturally sensitive, but now that you bring it up, maybe that's <laughs> not necessarily the most. Need, need, need to uh... need to go back through and change some of my notes here. Eliminate yeah. all, control F and replace on all words praise. Yeah. sensitive <laughs> groundbreaking just, um, yeah it just, I, it's to, the, the the portrayal is not the way that they or anybody else would uh would, would immediately go for it today yeah and and we talked about this a lot at last episode uh 2003 2003 or even like 2000 <laughs> like yeah 2000, was, 2000. I, w- I was fucking 20 yeah like like i was a baby mm-hmm. that's half my life ago like this is, you know, and the, and the commentary, they say like, hey, this was a racist voice. Yeah. And I think that they have a good attitude about it where they're not like flagellating right, right. themselves about it. They just like are like, yeah, this was bad. And then quietly moved on from it. Right. Which, you know, again, we heaps in praise last episode. Mm-hmm. I think that is a really good posture yes. for when you step on a, a time rake, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a poorly aged rake. Yes. Um. The music in this uh, episode is also done by uh, J.G. Thurwell uh, and from J.G. Thurwell's various bands, even though it was not originally composed for the episode. These are things pulled from albums 
that they had done um, mm-hmm. with the band uh, Fetus and some other projects, and uh, but all used with permission, and they had given uh, the creators, uh, Public and Hammer, um, you know, tracks without vocals. Yeah, like diff- different mixes versions. and stems and things like that for, so, for them to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought for my entire life up until last week or so that it was JG Thrillwell. Was the, uh, <laughs> That's pretty the good. Name. That, that, would, that would fit in with like the rest of the names that are going yep. on here. That's yeah. why I thought it. Uh, mm-hmm. And my, my brain just uh, flipped those two, those letters. Mm-hmm. Um, every single time I read it for about 20 years. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, so you, was, you, you was, snapped a grid on what the cooler option was. I think that's a, I think that is a perfectly understandable, <laughs> a perfectly understandable yeah. thing to do. Yeah, JG Thrillwell. Uh, Thrillwell is way cooler than Thurwell. Thurwell, mm. it sounds like a, a forgotten stroke, <laughs> you know, it's or a forgotten member of uh, um, Sonic Youth, like yes. both those bands that have weird, rich white kid names mm-hmm. in them. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. Yes. Uh, whereas JG Thrillwell sounds like a good stage name for a venture brothers soundtrack yes okay. yeah um and it's good that they got this music because you know thrill well i'm only i'm only gonna ever call him that now uh went mm-hmm. on to become the you know the musical <laughs> oh. <laughs> i passed it on yeah <laughs> it's contagious uh no but he would go on to become the musical supervisor he, you know uh for any of the original stuff it set the tone for this uh, and the music yeah. is, you know, good. It's that it's that nice kind of like raucous, uh, anything can happen jazz. Yeah. Universally excellent on the yeah. show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into it, peppering in trivia and such throughout. Um, in the episode, we get a cold open in Japan on uh, Tokyo. Um, a man who we're not introduced yet, introduced to yet, uh, his name is a joke, um, is receiving acupuncture. Uh, his assistant comes in and tells him that Dr. Venture will be demonstrating a new invention. Right. Um, and we uh, establish right away that henchmen are disposable because instead of reacting to this uh, by being pleased, the, the, uh, the, the, the villain here throws one of the needles at the henchman. Uh, but uh, no, no, he didn't kill him. He actually did distance acupuncture. I think this is a good, uh, it's, it's, it's a good joke because he gets back yeah. up like after a second, you think he's dead and he says, oh, you fixed that kink in my arm and now I don't want to smoke anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Uh, they does this. Um, you know, the, the, this joke even is a good joke. It's even a little bit dated. I feel like acupuncture was a little bit more exotic. Yeah. Yeah. And weird. I don't think that you know? it was covered under a lot of people's like flex accounts at this point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, originally this was not going to be Otaku Sensory. Uh, this is going to be a character named Mysterious Arab. <laughs> uh, but 9-11 happened and they're like, whoa, Ooh, can't do whoa that. There. Yeah. Slow down. Um, and that's not you know, the only again, the only change they had to make because of nine eleven either. Yeah. yeah, no, there's a there's a later one that's a, a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is again, uh, you know, the same way you would see. I feel like in uh, Simpsons episodes or what have you, you would have kind of a generic terrorist. Yeah, you know, and they might be uh, a person of Arab descent. Mm-hmm. This was bad, but more culturally acceptable before. Arab Americans became the widespread target of hate crimes and you know in the wake of 9-11 it was a it uh, was a trope right it's like just an airplane yes. you had like an Arab guy with a bomb and that is wildly insensitive and was probably it was it was shitty at the time 
um it's just the way that it it's just it was it was the shorthand right yeah. uh to, to to very quickly communicate what was happening yeah planes getting hijacked and, and such yeah um so this this is uh obviously better mm-hmm but I mean, just like uh, you know, oh, let's let, let's let's make him a ninja. Uh, it's you know, there the, there are other well, aspects of it. The fact that he is a Japanese man who is a furtive masturbator is is a little. I, I don't I don't mind that at all. Yeah. I, I I think that you know, but the fact that he's you know, it's the accent really that I think is the yeah, most racist. Yeah, the accent is is definitely top of the heap there. Uh, and this is uh, this character is basically uh, from the pitch book. Um, mm-hmm. There is a character ever present ninja. <laughs> uh, which was a concept they had originally. And I'm kind of glad they worked it out of their system yeah. with the pilot. Cause I don't think it's, you know, again, that really smacks of the year 2000, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ninjas Your, uh, versus pirates r- r- real like. ultimate power kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. And also like his, his design is, is different than the other stuff that would, uh, eventually get through there. They, they, they make some notes like this guy is, is drawn kind of in Jackson public's natural cartooning style. And he is angular and elongated in ways that the other characters are not. Yeah. He looks weird. Yeah. Um, we get our, our title theme and title sequence. Uh, the song remains the same, but the, uh, the title sequence is a little different mm-hmm. early on here. Um, and it's one of the great title sequences. No, it's amazing. Uh, in, in kind of a general, just, you know, ju- it, just it wonderful so motion great. design. Awesome. Just stylistic, just uh, snippets of characters, you know, that had to be created. <laughs> like this was all mm-hmm. done full cloth. They were not drawing from other stuff, like from the rest of the series. But yeah, it's like mm-hmm. introductions of all the characters and really high paced, high energy, uh, matching the energy of the music and wonderful, like pop seventies graphic design. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of monocolor, uh, big, bold colors and such. They also use, um, a lot of unused characters. Yeah. So the original, uh, concept art for Molotov cocktees mm-hmm. is the, uh, lady near the end of this. Um, and that it's, you know, good to use every part of the, uh, you know, every part of the, the, pitch book mm-hmm. oh. uh, for this yeah um yeah uh, we we open on the uh, venture compound on these awesome hover bikes uh <laughs> and i could tell because i could hear them hovering oh yeah um and and these uh <laughs> these are directly from the art and these are a mainstay throughout the series which i love yeah i, I love how like bulbous and awkward they are mm-hmm. um, great yeah <laughs> and the sound they make is 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 generally wonderful they also go very slow so I just like the idea of these two little dipshit kids just puttering around on them. Um, and they're going around the compound uh, looking for their dog, Scamp. Um, and yep. it's it's real low, low stakes stuff right now. You know, you have you have your plucky kids who immediately come across as, you know, m- children's mystery book characters. <laughs> it's like, yes. oh, no, the mystery of the missing dog. Let's go talk to Pop. <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot to them at this point. And they also, the way they're drawn is not great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hank's ears are ridiculous <laughs> on this. Yeah. And Scamp would cease to become a major fixture of the venture. Uh, he shows up once in flashback later. Yes. Um, but uh, this, like this does establish kind of the dynamic between them. Like Hank is the one who's just, who suggests asking their dad, hey, where's our dog? Um, and Dean says, ooh, I thought I was the smart one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dean would get a little less confident as time would go on. Yes. Um, this is also almost directly matches the uh, initial comic. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for this. Uh, you know, where they're they're about to solve a mystery on the compound, and uh, has the uh, you know Hank saying, "Mavenger didn't raise no fools," and Dean correcting him, uh, "We don't have a mom, Hank." <laughs> I love how uh, long and, the silence is after that. <laughs> yeah. Just standing there, like like just letting that sink in, or remembering, oh yeah, we don't have moms. <laughs> Introducing in the pilot, uh, one of the absolute central mysteries of the series. Where the hell did these um, kids come from? <laughs> yeah. So something that uh, only gets answered, you it's know, in the in last a, it gets answered in, yeah, in a, in a not totally definitive way, like a right. way that is likely, mm-hmm. uh, but is an intentional unsatisfying answer because all of the answers the fans came up with mm-hmm. um, that the, the creators did on purpose, like all these little hints red herrings, and stuff yeah. of kind of baiting them. Yeah. Red herrings. Yeah. Uh, they kept, they referred to it. Uh, the creators referred to it as the mommy bomb, uh, <laughs> dropping the mommy bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> so again, establishing this dynamic, they go and they pass by Brock, who is hosing down their super uh super plane, the X one. Um, he mm-hmm. is shirtless in ridiculously short cutoffs and listening to a parody Led Zeppelin song that Public and Doc Hammer uh composed called Hobbit Ride Parentheses to the Midnight Sun of Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Really good. Um Brock is basically established pretty well out of all the characters in this. I think he comes off the best mm-hmm. in the pilot, or at least the most true. Yeah, uh, yeah. To himself, he, um, he would origin- soften more from this later on. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, even but as the series goes on, yes, even like this doesn't feel that different than Brock in episode one, right? Right. Um, and then you know, eventually he kind of uh, loosens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his uh, cutoff pants, and they're <laughs> unzipped down to like the second button or whatever. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't have a, a big pubic thatch, and then he also doesn't have a hairy chest, which is not how I pictured Brock Sampson. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally, uh, he did have a hairy chest, but they found it hard to animate. Yeah. yeah. So they, they shaved it. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, there there were a couple of times that they did this. Like the original uh, like costumes from the Monarch Senchman were a little bit fuzzy. It's just it's hard to oh, animate yeah. fuzzy stuff. We, we got to talk about how garbage <laughs> the, the Monarch and his crew look. Yeah 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 uh so dr venture radios brock and says hey we have a discovery remember those remains that we stole from morocco uh turns out they're robot bones you were right yeah yeah <laughs> he, so he says you, you were there they weren't dinosaur bones oh yeah. they were robot bones <laughs> uh which this is never followed up on and no. i really like the idea of robot bones mm-hmm because uh, they're bones that have like circuitry and shit on them. <laughs> the idea of a robot having uh, a robotic skeleton. Yes. That was real good. Um, and there are little bits where the, the dynamic changes. Like Brock calls him boss. Yes. You know, boss, don't care. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not really going to happen. Um, right. He hears something banging around in the X1. Mm-hmm. We cut over. Uh, there's also a jarring cut, too. They would get better editing here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the boys go to see their dad, uh, who's popping pills, of course. And they see that uh, Dad has found Scamp and removed his skin. Uh, and this is a, this is the first joke in this in the pilot that makes me laugh. Oh yeah, because uh, Scamp is still incredibly happy. Yeah, uh, he's like just, doing he's, really good. He's in this little chamber, being a, being like a, a good, like a fun, good little dog. He's thriving. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, and he's, Brock's, like, he's been set uh, free. Uh, you know, Doc's explanation is very funny to me. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, you like pretty girls, don't you? Yeah. Well, how do you think they get so pretty? Cosmetics. You know? so, so consider Scamp here, uh, an important part of the chain in making more pretty girls. 
<laughs> their subjects keep dying before they can test all their makeup. Yep. You know, and Scamp won't die because yeah. he has no skin. And, and like uh, the the fact, just the the way the fact that this is how they introduce Rusty, like this is how they inter- introduce Doctor Venture, doing, I mean, like shorthand for the most evil thing possible, like skinning skin, a dog, skinning skinning a, like a kids' dogs, like this is this is yeah a, his this, kids' dogs, yeah it's a dog with a name, <laughs> yeah his dog, his, his dog, <laughs> yeah, he buys like, the food for this dog. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not an anonymous dog. Right. It's also not like a guinea pig or something. It's not a lab rat. Right. It's the family pet. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the the early kind of signs of this being a funny show is the fact that the dog is fine and happy. Yes. You know, that's the swerve. <laughs> you know, it could have just been very dark. Right. Uh, and it is dark, but it's also, you know, there's a twist to it. Well, and the kids are immediately on board with it. He persuades them with that incredibly weak argument. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so they hear a sound from the hangar that means trouble. And we head over to Brock uh, fighting a mummy who uh, stowed away, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, pretty great. Just a freestanding mummy. Yep. Um, and this ends up starting something, again, that feels very Venture Brothers to me. Definitely first season mm-hmm. of a villain uh, attempting to give a speech or engage in Johnny Quest bullshit. Yeah. And Brock cutting him off. Right. Um, and him just be like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. No, ah. <laughs> like no fair. <laughs> like, just, uh, I wasn't ready. So you know, right from the beginning, they're introducing the, you know, uh, the, the heroics that these characters engage with are play, right. You know, uh, to people and the venture brothers on various levels, or at least doc and Brock are over it. Yeah. Uh, doc is world wary about it. Brock is brutally efficient about it. <laughs> right. You know, they're not really playing the same game. That the yeah. world around them is playing, and 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 I mean, and and that would be you know, that would go on to be one of the main conflicts is different groups and different people within those groups having like varying levels of commitment to the bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's good stuff. Uh, but like, he beats the mummy to death and then pisses on him, uh, which is you know, Doctor Venture's like, hey, did you have to do that in front of my kids? Brock's like, you have to defile a mummy completely or else they come back to life. You know that. Yeah. Um, and you figure, yeah. okay, that goes pretty far. They, they used to go, like, the, the original idea was for him to go further. Um, yes. But, like, there, this this was pre, specifically the, in the commentary, they say this was before Adult Swim was airing Family Guy. And I guess, like, mm-hmm. because Family Guy made them enough money and was also like way more transgressive than this. That was like a point after which they could get a little bit more daring with the stuff that they did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was just the, the raunch factor. Yeah. You know, if you look at what adult swim had done before this, like, you know, your, your space ghost, your Harvey Birdman's. Yeah. You know, your, your Brack show. Stuff. Yeah. Brack show. Those are all like straddling the line. Like adult swim is a weird construct. Yeah. You know, uh, it being on the Cartoon Network, like, you know, the the network Johnny Bravo built <laughs> uh, and then eventually just turning into this place for incredibly dark, subversive comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, and now, you know, eventually it would turn into they would show, you know, things that were there were more transgressive and violent. Uh, you know, you end up with like Korgoth of Kilgary or whatever that uh, the <laughs> yeah. barbarian show. Or you is, get, a, you get a, uh, Mr. Pickles, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or even even like you know Tim and Eric or Eric Andre or something. Yeah. Where yeah. like real people are being affected by this stuff. It took a while mm-hmm. for them to get there. Yeah. Um, in this scene, they end up having the boys react to everything. Mm-hmm. So they do a commentary instead of showing Brock do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which which um, is good. Like in, initially they they showed him curb stomping this mummy. Who isn't a mummy? It's just a guy. He's wrapped up in his bandages and toilet paper. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's a person who gets uh gets killed. <laughs> right. Kids. Um <laughs> so so we cut over uh to the monarch. Um, you know, he's explaining his plan. Um, he's going to launch a fake meteor into the Venture compound to ambush Dr. Venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dr. Venture's unquenchable scientific curiosity will bring him to inspect the meteor. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love how little he seems to know, <laughs> know Dr. Venture. Yes. <laughs> or just yeah, how oblivious the, he is in general. <laughs> well, and th- this is also, again, kind of uh, remnants of the pitch book where Dr. Venture is, he's always in his father's shadow here people don't seem to know that he's in his shadow. Like he got invited to this thing. Right. Right. You know, uh, this is, this is kind of setting up, uh, you know, that this thing ultimately would be just kind of part of his reputation as that he's a shit scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, the monarch and the henchmen look like garbage. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, their initial costumes are very bad. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really, really weird. Like the monarch has like a feather boa, kind of like this, uh, poofy, uh floofy kind of like moment around his neck yeah um and yeah i just uh, you know i don't really like the the monarch in this there aren't a lot of good jokes no from the monarch in the, this. it's before he finds his voice like yeah absolutely. and they're like they're leaning on stuff that would be like a dead end for him like they do three separate jokes that are him not understanding what monarch butterflies are which is yes. just not there's not a lot of uh headroom on that one let's yeah. say yeah. Also, his helmet is weird and stretchy and amorphous and looks different from shot to shot. Like, yeah, he's he's all over the place. Right. It looks bad. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. So he he mentioned this is the first appearance of Doctor Girlfriend, mm-hmm. who launches the rocket. Doctor Girlfriend also looks really hard. It's like really hard to look at. Yeah. Uh, uh, very elongated face. Mm-hmm. Um. In this, and this is public doing a, a Harvey Firestein impersonation yes uh, this was supposed to you know dr girlfriend that you know they talk about how they weren't sure that she would you know they're kind of surprised she became as much of a character as she did mm-hmm. um you know the idea of dr girlfriend mm-hmm. is, is a, a name joke and then just uh having that voice is an is a joke right and that was really you know kind of enough of it mm-hmm. uh, as kind of a background character but it ended yeah. up being being much more so yeah but the uh the rocket uh with the meteor is launched and it lands in the venture compound as the x1 is about to take off you know, Brock says, hey, do you want to go check that out? <laughs> and Rusty's like, no, let's not waste any time. Let's go. This is a problem for the henchmen inside um, because yes. the meteor landed uh, with a door side down. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's a cute joke. That yeah. was specifically the joke that got uh, Doc Hammer on board. Yes. Um, this uh, this little bit where Doc Venture is ignoring the meteor um it's very pill related. Mm-hmm. He pops a bunch of pills and he has paranoid eyes. He's like, no, let's go. Like he's all hyped up. <laughs> right. And I, I just it had like a flashback in an alternate series where Dr. Venture was just a joke about his pill addiction. Mm-hmm. And I got so bummed out. Like yeah. him, him, you know, dropping his diet pills. Like it's something a sophisticate does, mm-hmm. you know, later is so much better than this <laughs> of it just being an excuse for him to do whatever the plot demands. Mm hmm. Yeah. You Again, know? like him being a pill head, and not an awful lot of headroom on that. Like yeah. the fact that they were willing to discard that to like give him opportunities for different for for both better depth and better jokes uh, is yes. is a, is a good thing, and that's put into sharp relief by like going back and watching this after having watched the rest of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So the X one. Uh, lands at the UN on the plane. The boy, uh, Dr. Venture discovers a prank that the boys had done where they had drawn a picture of their dad with stink lines, stink lines and everything. Um, (laughs) And this, uh, this, this is also like early on the boys were kind of pranky. 
Yeah. You know, this would also go away. Mm -hmm. You know, the, this uh, this relationship, this antagonistic relationship would kind of get backgrounded. Yeah. Um, and at the UN, a weird thing is the ambassador from the UN has hair that, uh, to me, feels like it is definitely referencing the Green Goblin. Oh uh, yeah, they they mentioned from, that from on Spider-Man. They mentioned that on the wiki uh, when you look there yeah. and under the um, pop culture connections. Yeah, he doesn't have the same voice or anything, mm -hmm. but he de it's definitely Green Goblin hair. Yeah, it's got that gray streak in it. I think speak, yeah. he speaks with a with with a fun, just like where in continental Europe are you supposed to be from, Doctor Von Schule? Doctor Von Schule. Von Schule. And there's uh, an alligator inside the uh, the jet. <laughs> Things are constantly stowing away on the jet. <laughs> this just keeps uh, happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Um, and Brock, uh, Brock kills him with a knife. This is this is Brock's uh, signature weapon. His 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 K bar Bowie knife. Um, mm -hmm. uh, in the original script, Brock was supposed to gut the alligator, and then he says, "Oh, the alligator was pregnant," so he goes and gets a gas can and lights it on fire. Uh, that yes. was considered to be too much. Also, alligators don't get pregnant, so that is a funny yeah. joke. Pregante, <laughs> uh, you know, they, and uh, yeah, and they don't show that. They just show people watching and yes. reacting, and they had to tone this down quite a bit, so much so that Brock could be covered with blood, but his knife could not. Right. Super uh, weird. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, as the as they're uh, getting out, uh, you know, the kids have to stay in the X one. They head into uh, the science, you know, the UN, uh, the, the convention um, here. Uh, Doctor Venture tells Brock to go take care of the kids mm -hmm. uh, here. There is a fun background joke uh, here. Um, they talk about how they just drew these little interesting characters for the background, and they decided to include uh, Tycho Brahe. Yeah, with his gold uh, nose. It, <laughs> with his weird gold nose who died of uh, being too polite to get up and pee. <laughs> um, which is, uh, is also, which is itself rude. Yeah. I guess I would ruin a party <laughs> to die. I'm thinking I'm you... chewing on that for a second. Yeah. You're right. Like, is there a party that like, I'm trying to think if there's a party I got invited to where I would hate it enough to where I would, you know, like I'm going to die anyway. Like, let's say I have a month to live. Yeah. And I could spend that time like with my loved ones or like, you know, rereading my favorite books or Ugh, eating incredible food, Dead, whatever. Or I could try to get invited to parties from by my enemies and hope that I die during the party to fuck it up. Uh, so, I mean, you like you would want to know the person enough to understand what's important to them. So, like, work your way into uh, in, in, into somebody somebody's wedding who you hate. Um, and then like, right as they're about to like cut the cake or whatever, you just die as dramatically as possible. And all of a sudden the day is about you. Not, not the cake, dude. Like, mm -hmm. what does anybody have any reason why this couple should not be wet? <laughs> and then I just lit it all out. And then when I, die, I die, I you all go away. <laughs> yeah. I just release my like absolute like death bowel, uh. like at that moment and just clear the fucking room, <laughs> like go out like a fucking boss. Yeah. You know, some some teen is TikToking it. I yep. become famous posthumously, mm -hmm. like Van Gogh. Yeah. <laughs> Owned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they uh, so so Brock goes off to go take care of the boys. 
Yep. There's no tail at this con anyway. <laughs> and uh, clinging to the ceiling is the ever-present ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ambassador <laughs> introduces him. This suspicious Asian person here is Otaku Senzuri. Yeah. Uh, Otaku, uh, as Metal Gear has taught us, means a fan of something. And Senzuri, which I did not know until mm-hmm. doing research for this, uh, is a Japanese slang for a masturbator. It means a thousand strokes. Yeah. Um, so male uh, masturbator is a thousand strokes. Female masturbator is 10,000 strokes. If you're being inefficient. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know, you said that initially I was like, maybe this is true. Uh, and then, and then I was like, oh no, it's a joke. He's talking yes. about how hard it is to get women off. Um, <laughs> no, 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 that, that literally is like, that's a, Oh really? Yes. Oh, it's not Joe. Okay. Yeah, that, like, that, 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 that's, that, yeah, that's the actual slang. No, I, I wouldn't. I, have, I would not have made a joke about like men be orgasming like this, but women be orgasming <laughs> women be like orgasming. this. That, <laughs> like it is oftentimes true that it's it's real right. easy for a dude to right. You know? yeah. But the uh, I did not know realize there was separate like gendered slang terms for masturbator in Japan. The, I mean, according to the wiki, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> good for them on aggressively gendering uh a denigrating yeah. term for self-pleasure something yeah. literally everybody everybody does and shouldn't be ashamed of good for them <laughs> yes uh but the but this guy's the, the, this guy's name is a tell right if you if yes. you know if you know what these if you know what these mean i knew what otaku meant i did not know what sensory meant um me either yes but no. yes, they, they, uh, they, they know and, that this guy has, yeah, they, they know this guy's got a, got a bad voice, basically like doing, every, like stepping on every rake that you can, switching your R's and L's, talking without articles, stuff like that. Yes. Um, you know, the, the ambassador leads away. There's just kind of another weird rough cut yeah. uh, here. The uh, Dr. Venture is doing more pills. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut over to the Monarch uh, riding coach. Uh, on an airline to get to new york he had to buy um, a separate uh seat for his wings for his wings yeah i have a note of that as well <laughs> cute. um yeah uh the the boys uh you know they they uh they're playing astronaut using this dixie cup mm-hmm. um with the hotel bidet just having fun yeah they want to yeah. have an adventure and their adventure as we'll find out soon is to trap themselves in a fridge basically <laughs> Uh, which I really love to, to play submarine. They've got no, yeah. they've got no, uh, no sense of self, uh, self-preservation. It's like the scream, a scream, a pillar. These kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, Sensuri emerges from a vent over Dr. Venture and runs a string down and drips poison along it. Uh, this is a reference to the character Aki, uh, in you only live twice. Yes. Also, yeah, uh, done. Yep. Uh, about, you know, the Bond movie where, uh, where he goes to uh, Japan and does horrible mm-hmm. offensive yellow face that uh, would be parodied later on in the series. Uh, Dr. Venture okay. would do kind of the same thing. Uh, this poison drip thing, I forgot that it was in um, You Only, Only Live Twice. It's also done in uh, Gross Point Blank. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen uh, You Only Live Twice. No. I've n- never seen Gross Point Blank either. No. So, um... to me... Uh, like Gross <laughs> Point a... Blank, they did the uh, terrible Secret of Turtle Bay poison trick. <laughs> Gross Point Blank's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I, I as I have heard, yeah, that is good. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys ruin his plan, though. The poison is about to drip into his mouth. The boys open the door and it blows it away. Yes. Uh, and then they get inside the metal case that the invention was stored in to get in the tub to die. Um, and uh, <laughs> playing submarine. <laughs> yeah, playing submarine uh, to die. Uh, they close the case, and Sensory takes it, thinking he's found the device floating in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is goofy and shticky. Yeah, you know, mistaken yeah. briefcases. Like we'd get, we'd get above this kind of humor mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Yes, 
Uh, but he opens up the case and the boys are, you know, shocked to find out that they're no longer in the bathroom. Uh, they're also shocked mm-hmm. that there is a ninja who is apparently kidnapping them. They attempt to do their judo, which well, is they just attempt to deploy the J J U D O. Yep. Should we deploy the J U D O? And Udo those ineffectual J. chops are very funny. <laughs> they're d- so d- slow. D- 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 it's just like yeah. g- like gently placing the end, like the like the blade of your palm on his shoulder. It's great. Yeah, uh, I think that's very cute. Um, oh man. Yeah. But uh, Senzuri gives him a, a neck pinch. Yes. Knocks him out in the alley and uh, they get robbed. Mm-hmm. A couple of near dwells walk by and take their communicator watches. Yes. And such. Um, something I was very pleased to see is that Rusty is having a dream of himself uh, in, a, in a, as a fetus, mm-hmm. uh, which is introducing the foreshadowing thread that runs throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this super washed out red, uh, you know, him as a baby mm-hmm. kind of thing as, you know, this will continue and develop as we go on. Yes. Um, similarly, this Cassandra Nova subplot <laughs> uh, that, that happens with Rusty. Um, yeah. I, I love that it shows up in the the pilot. Like they mm-hmm. knew at least a little what they were doing. Yeah, they were laying, uh, they were laying track for it. Brock wakes him up and, yeah, Rusty says, oh, I was in the mommy place. So mm-hmm. he has yeah. this dream quite frequently. Um, we're now on to act two, and this was the act that was rewritten. Yeah, uh, the Adult Swim uh, CEO was like, "This is meandering and dumb." Like rewrite Act Two, it, like, and it was just the boys hanging out in New York, right? Before. Like good doing outdated jokes about how dangerous New York is, which even at the time it it, it wasn't. <laughs> like yeah. the fact that they that they run into a hooker on Times Square is is even like a throwback at this point. You know, because yeah. of because of awful things Rudy Giuliani did, but uh, but yeah, like that is not a thing you can you can spend a lot of time in your pilot doing is like bad bad cliche shtick about New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so they uh, they wake up. You know, wowie zowie, we must have been on one of those benders Brock talks about. <laughs> um, their calm watches are gone. Right, right. Unfortunately. And uh, also, unfortunately, the monarch rolls up in a taxi mm-hmm. and uh, tries to pay him with a IOU. Uh, <laughs> he goes, what is this? He goes, an IOU for your life and then darts him. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. You know, a, vil- a super villain doing petty stuff like that to get out of paying cab fare is fun. <laughs> paying 50 bucks for cab fare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I lo- I also really like the delivery when they look over and look, it's a giant butterfly. Yeah. And then somebody, you know, and then uh, no, cry me. That's not a butterfly. It's a guy who's always hating dad. <laughs> Uh, that's really like, like hating is the is the like the the active verb that they chose for that it's real good it's also this is the first appearance when super runaway <laughs> and i i think about super runaway all the time and oh, yeah. use that in real life <laughs> uh i also i i neglected to mention it before i want to give a quick shout out to uh dean's delivery on united nations like every time he says he's like the united nations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every single time he sound he does it like it's a commercial for new york if new york was the old west <laughs> it's 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 really weird uh <laughs> Grand Canyon to the United Nations. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way into it. Uh, they run away before Brock can see them. They're still outside the hotel. They run to the left. Brock walks out the front door and uh, heads over to the right. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Brock is trying to track them using the uh, the, the satellite watches, but uh, you know he, he, he just contacts the thieves uh, who took who took them. So he's on his way to uh, to go deal with them. There's some shtick down in the uh, subway when uh, the monarch is chasing the boys. Uh, monarch is grabbed by a policeman for hopping a turnstile. 
Uh, and then like mm-hmm. in the resulting scuffle get he gets dragged away when his when a door closes on his wings he slams into the side him. of a tunnel yes <laughs> yeah like th- that's a way that people lose arms yes um in real life uh you know but this is all you know not particularly great mm-hmm. not a lot of jokes here um there's like a weird little bit where his dart bounces off the policeman's badge yeah yeah and just it just feels like this weird waste of time like mm-hmm. um you know, we go back to the UN uh, and we get the first introduction of Pete White and Billy Quizboy, even though they're unnamed. Right. Um, you know, public talks about how you would just draw people and just try to make interesting background characters. Yes. So they had like albino and syphilitic. Or you know, hy- 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 hydrocephalic. Hydro- yeah, there we go. There <laughs> so we syphilitic go. would yeah. be different. That'd be a different. That's later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> yeah uh, maybe the that's what happened that gold, that gold nose guy's nose. Ooh, yeah, hey, that's scary. Hmm. Um, you know, they talk about originally Billy Quizboy was going to have progeria, and then they decided, like, who wants to joke about that? That's really sad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just it made me think, like, do you not think hydrocephalite? Yeah, is sad. Like <laughs> hydrocephaly. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, that, that, that that's sad. Uh huh. I mean, I, I, if you want to have a sad off, like it's possible progeria is sadder. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the idea of drawing the line between hydrocephaly and progeria is very funny to me you you gotta feather the throttle is the thing yeah so but yeah uh they're presented here it's very strange like pete white's voice is mostly there um billy Mm -hmm. quizboy is 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 not necessarily he's not as uh lispy um Mm -hmm. and they uh they 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 don't seem to know rusty they don't seem to know dr venture uh they they kind of speculate that dr venture and brock must be an item um Mm -hmm. you know and both of them later on when they're actually introduced they're like venture brothers fanboys right yeah yep yeah they they have a and they and they're also friends yes. they knew in college and such mm-hmm. um this is also the first appearance of professor impossible mm-hmm. um this is he they ends up showing his stretchy powers in the background of a scene yes which is really interesting it's actually the first superpower mm-hmm. that's demonstrated on the show yeah um it's the only hint in this episode that there are superpowers about yes you know, it's not just super science and spy and espionage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting choice yeah. to make Professor Professor Impossible. Because just by looking at him, he doesn't necessarily look like a Reed Richards XB. No. Um, he could be, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, he's plausibly deniably like just a professor. Yeah. I was you know? unsure even if this was supposed to be Professor Impossible until I saw the stretching going on. Because he, I mean, mm-hmm. he's also, he's not voiced by Stephen Colbert. Um, or any of the voice actors who would... <laughs> Go, go, on on, voice, go on to voice them, yeah. Impossible. yeah yeah um so uh the you know this is a piece this is at the un this is a peace invention mm-hmm. uh kind of convention and professor Invos- impossible demonstrates his ozone repairing electric car right uh these you know these things are set up to contrast with what doc introduces later <laughs> with, with what the crime he eventually unleashes on the world yeah yeah uh so uh, back at times square the boys uh spot a prostitute uh she's standing outside of the brisbee store wearing her busy bee hat which is a strange to- cha- strange choice for a prostitute uh Br- mm-hmm. brisbee is disney in this world and busy bee is kind of like the mickey mouse um yep. and, the, and the, that's what makes the kids interested and that gets uh it's this actually uh check this out this comparison Busy Bee and the Venture Brothers is the happy little elves to the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Like something that was omnipresent in the first season, mm-hmm. like gets a highlight and then goes away forever. Yeah. No, that, that, that that's, a, that's a good uh, good connection. 
because there's uh there's so much busy bee stuff in the background mm-hmm. of this and that makes sense for times square like you know tons of disney stuff disney store yep um but it just really it was you know as part of the pitch book it really felt like it was going to be part of the series when in fact it is you know an episode yeah a little bit later mm-hmm. um but they do that you know this kind of hackney joke which i always have you know, I enjoy when anyone does it, the Simpsons does that, where she's like, you kids looking, looking for fun. And like, we're always looking for fun and adventure. <laughs> you know? um, and she takes them back to her busy beehive. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another action scene where Brock tracks down the thieves uh, and just beats the crap out of them and takes the watch back. Doesn't ask them questions where nope. the boys might be. Uh, this is purely punitive. Yes. Uh, he doesn't just beat them up. He throws them out the window and then drops their couch on them. Yeah. Uh, his, <laughs> they, his berserker rage yeah they they would survive um they actually make an appearance at the end of season one so mm-hmm. uh that is fun yeah. so we cut back to uh to the un the ambassador uh introduces dr venture not by saying like his name first but he says oh jonas venture our next guest's father you know is a you know we all know him around here kind of setting up that uh you know rusty's kind of a legacy case he goes up and gives his speech about mankind's desire to build you know etc etc on and on he brings up this model city and then activates his device it's this big ominous looking death ray kind of thing that he calls the ooh ray uh like what sounds like rue it's like pig latin yeah for rue i was trying to figure out why this is called the ooh ray i have no idea is I couldn't yeah I couldn't figure that out yeah but, um, but it just it melts the city in a really <laughs> shoddy piece of animation that uh-huh. they really struggled with yes um this was originally supposed to blow up the city but mm-hmm. this was also changed for nine eleven right uh, it so, was uh, it was originally a model of New York but then it became like they pulled an asset directly from uh, Johnny Quest because Johnny at Quest. The, because at this point they still had access to those assets and rights um mm-hmm. as part of the as part of the uh, uh, I guess Cartoon Network kind of connection mm-hmm. that they had um really oh. weird <laughs> and uh, everybody's horrified yeah. like why would you bring a weapon to a peace a peace conference and rusty's like no like that's that's not what it is at all he, yeah he thinks... it has limitless uses <laughs> uh and it, it, there's a really he's like well that he says you know anything can be used as a weapon and the <laughs> ambassador says well what about dr olafson's hello helmet <laughs> Uh, and I love Dr. Olafson's Hello Helmet. I really wish we got a chance to see the Hello Helmet. Yeah. Because uh, in my mind, all it is is a helmet that says hello. Just in different um, languages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hola. Uh, guten Tag. I, I, I love Dr. Olafson's Hello Helmet. And just that delivery with such indignance uh-huh. is very fun. Yep. I suppose, I suppose if it ever fell into the wrong hands, it could be modified and made into a weapon after a fashion. Well, the, the weird thing is that when the later in the episode, uh, when Colonel Manauer shows up and actually wants it as a weapon, mm-hmm. Rusty seems surprised. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this is his whole thing right. uh, in the future. Like he Rusty is less dumb as the series goes on as well. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily think he's being genuine saying that like, oh, he didn't think it would be a weapon, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it was his plan to get this in front of Colonel Manauer's. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, so just he, he, Rusty has no compunction about being a being an arms dealer, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Senzuri, uh, Senzuri uh, puts his hood up and goes for the weapon. 
Um, we cut open, cut over to the boys, uh, and the monarch uh, spies them going into the hooker's palace and says something like, they're about to experience the fleshy cheek of the mommy and daddy dance. Yep. Uh, which I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> the prostitute says, like, I charge 10 bucks for the gilded lily, 20 for the Roman holiday, 50 for the old walrus and the carpenter, <laughs> and for 75, you can slay down, slay ride down Kilimanjaro. Uh they had come up with tons of these uh-huh. uh, sex acts, and these were the ones that got in. Right. Um, there were ones that were filthier than this. They, they, they had to just constantly just they would send a list and say, no, you can't do that one. They just had to just just keep on replacing the ones that were deemed a little bit too racy. Although Roman yeah. holiday, that sounds really uns- that, that sounds really unsavory to me. It's like vomit play, right? But maybe that's that's my because a Roman shower is vomiting in uh, terms of sex. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not making that up. I, no, like, that's, no, that's I, what I can, you call I, it if you vomit on uh, somebody for sexual I, pleasure. I, I I I could intuit that, but I I have never heard it called a Roman shower. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I've I've I knew one guy who claimed to uh, have done that, and yeah. I didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. yeah, so it, it's it could be one of those like semi-fictional. Mm-hmm. Oh, like uh, a Blunkin. Yeah, 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 maybe a, a, a semi-fictional Blunkin <laughs> situation. <laughs> um, also, the sleigh ride down Kilimanjaro is implied to be anal. Uh, she pats her butt. Yep. They also they cut another anal sex joke out of the uh, at the end. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she says she'll start with the big one. Uh, Hank comes up, and then there's a, actually a good cut mm-hmm. here where they're both running out, <laughs> and Hank screams like she tried to touch me where I make sissy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So which uh, isn't, isn't a phrase or anything like that, but no, it's 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 not a thing at all. Uh, but yeah, they 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 finally understand once the once the grown woman tries to touch the teenager. Yeah. yeah, as if she attempts to uh, statutorily rape yeah. young Hank Venture for money uh, is how we might say it in exchange for money. Yeah, so it's it's, <laughs> it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, the uh, later they would do stuff with the boys' burgeoning sexuality that is mm-hmm. much better. Yes. Uh, than them accidentally getting statutorily raped by a busy bee prostitute. Right. Uh, so they're um, fleeing. The monarch goes to chase them, but he runs smack into Brock like he's a like he's a brick wall. This wouldn't be resolved yeah. until the uh, until the post credits in a very funny way. But well, they, they they do they do show him putting his thumbs into the monarch's eye. Oh shit! In a uh, keyframe that's like really scary to me. <laughs> uh, and they cut away. He's jamming his thumbs into the monarch <laughs> monarch's eyes, and then just cuts away. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty frightening because I mean Brock yeah. has straight up killed every other person he's he's gone rage on. Yeah. Well, and I, one of those things, like, I really hope to die without somebody jamming their thumbs into my eye. Any eye like play. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Like, any ocular holidays or ocular showers. I, yeah. I think about um, sticking my thumb into eyes a lot if I was ever really in a fight and I was scared for my life. Yeah. I was like, why does, why does no one ever do that? You know, because it just feels like nobody's going to push through that. You don't just, like, push through the pain of somebody's thumb in your eye. No, no. You know, I, and maybe I, I, you do. Maybe, maybe these people just have, have a commanding amount of sack and they can do that. But I, I, I could not. I think I, if somebody put their thumbs in my eye, it would be like time to call a truce. I, I, yeah, I think it depends on the person. Also, like the eye is one of those things. It's a little bit like what is it? The eggshell law, uh, to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Like it, 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 it could either it could either be like way more fragile than you think, or it could be way tougher than you think. And you are, you are not responsible if it is more fragile than you expected it to be. So like, I don't, Mm. you know, I don't imagine that an eye will pop immediately. Like that's not realistic, but it's also exactly what I think might happen if I go for it or more realistically, if somebody goes for mine. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, and even if it didn't pop immediately, it would just hurt like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you get all the eye milk all over your thumbs. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying it's something I want to do. It's just something that I think, like, it's, it's just, if somebody were really going for me. It's it's, you know? it's something you, th- you think that you would have the wherewithal uh, to do yeah. if you had to go if you had to go pro-ice in a, in, a, in a hard situation. Yeah. The other thing I think about is biting off a nose. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think that, like, if somebody were really threatening my life, like, I got, you know, like, somebody was on top of me and they were, like, had a knife or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to think that I would have the presence of mind to go berserk and stick my thumb in their eyes and bite off their nose. Yeah. Just do things that will stop the fight. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so don't, the, the, the message here to Orb listeners is don't fuck with me. No, not at all. Not with Gary specifically. So, I, I'm, yeah. I, 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 I see, I may seem like a mild mannered, uh, overweight, 40 year old podcaster but in fact i am brock Sampson in this shit when it comes down to it and my mouth and thumbs are ready yeah if i mean in fact if you run into me on the street i'm the opposite i'm fine just come up mm-hmm. you probably just like you take my lunch you had, money give me noogies you had, you had special glasses built to make people's thumbs more comfortable mm-hmm. when they go in your eyes like I mean, just like padded sweet you know, silky gel. velvet yeah yeah i could do this all day yeah you know <laughs> Oh man. Your teeth are all corked. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a warning call. Uh, so so the uh, the boys run away and they see the United Nations. <laughs> uh, they get there to uh, check in with dad and they get in just in time to see Pete and Billy make fun of, uh, of Doc. <laughs> Good going there, Doc DeVenture. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he, he fires back with uh, a, <laughs> a cardboard cutout of where does rain come from? <laughs> was not that inspiring which is a great joke yeah. uh, in this episode <laughs> that's really the, the good. science fair i love conjectural technology so that's much. one of my favorite things where does rain come from <laughs> uh so they're going to pack up the uray uh and this is where the uh the, the otaku senzuri uh, uh storyline terminates they find him climaxes please cl- climaxes yes I, I specifically avoided saying that um they they find <laughs> ejaculates him... please <laughs> comes <laughs> yeah. this is this is where yeah. the storyline comes um no they find senzuri masturbating alongside it um yeah. you know the 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 the, the, the guards catch them i love like the, the the ambassador like first he says "Ooh, the suspicious asian man uh but then like yeah. the, and then also here he says well with all these foreigners around someone was bound to steal it the idea that an ambassador at the un would be this xenophobic is very funny yeah. to me well and you know and, and clearly english is a second language right, a very right. thick accent and such mm-hmm. um an army general shows up kind of out of nowhere. This is the first appearance of Colonel Man Hours or mm-hmm. General Man Hours. Um, great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who mentions that he's like, no, he wasn't trying to steal it. Sensuri is a technology fetishist. Uh, fetishist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was masturbating yeah. to it. Um, and then he's like, you know, uh, it's neat. You know, this device is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dr. Venture is like, really? <laughs> you know, you, you, think, you think it's neat? Validation? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, he, uh, and general, general man hours orders a hundred of them. Um, he's like, I don't know what the army will do with them, but I accept again, mm-hmm. kind of showing this weird, like naivete that later would be, yes. you know, more direct. Yeah. The, the, um, that, that kind of naivete cannot exist alongside his, his cynicism. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, uh, you know, so we get the, uh, the boys say, uh, go team venture. Mm-hmm. We get a final little scene with Brock, um, where he is, uh, with the prostitute. 
and and she's like, no, that, that was good, yo, big guy. You still have three hundred dollars left mm-hmm. that can buy a lot. And he goes, I know, I'm gonna want change, <laughs> uh, which I think is a really good joke. The original yes. joke was, I know, turnover, which again, just kind of going for that low hanging anal sex. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joke. It just uh, it's a longer walk what they ended up doing, and it was worth it was worth taking. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna getting change from a prostitute is very funny. Yes. Um, you know, for that. Uh, yeah. So then we get the credits, mm-hmm. and we get uh, our post-credit scene. The Venture Brothers always has a post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, be sure to watch them. If you're watching the uh, series on uh, Hulu or another streaming service, oftentimes they will try to skip credits to get you to the next uh, to the next episode. Pro tip is uh, don't let don't let that happen. Um, like interrupt that so you can uh, see these because oftentimes plot important stuff happens. Uh, plot important stuff will happen. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it's not plot important, there's often very good jokes uh, that are done in these, uh, such as this. The uh, the monarch is in the hospital um, and the doctor expresses amazement that uh, that he even survived. Um, <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, we pumped that thing out of your stomach. Brock fed the monarch his own wings. Yeah. Uh, the, and uh, the monarch says, "Don't throw those out." The, uh, he's his, going to his, reuse them. his own wings that he that, that he needed to buy like a plane seat for because they're so big. <laughs> mm-hmm. He loves them. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the uh, the end of the pilot. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, you know I don't have any other uh, you know any other real notes for it. Uh, it does some good work, mm-hmm. um, but it is not what it needs to be yet yes sadly um you know we 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 talked about the problems for the beginning here but i want to underline that like there there is a lot that is present here that would ultimately become pretty core to the show even down to just like the 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 dynamic between the two venture brothers like oh i'm the smart one okay cool yeah um even if that's at 80 percent now or 70 percent like it's in the right direction Mm mm-hmm you know without getting there yet so like it's kind of fun to see them you know point a a floodlight towards something that would later become like a laser point you know a laser pointer uh level of focus yes yeah so um but there aren't a lot of good jokes yet there are some good jokes it feels really long Mm -hmm. you know uh to me um and that bums me out um and yeah i'm looking forward to getting to the real show yes same yeah any other uh any other production notes or anything like that not that i found uh, I, I, I sprinkled them in as opposed to uh bunched them up yeah i can't think of any there's nothing in my notes i missed so i think that's probably covers the terrible secret of turtle bay yeah um i am really looking forward to getting to the next episode which i like a lot same um oh. the, the 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 jump in quality in every axis is uh is remarkable yeah really impressive yep so cool um yeah uh, so if you like this show, uh, you can support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, mm-hmm. we'd really appreciate it. You can also leave ratings or reviews uh, wherever you find podcasts. So Podcast Attic or Apple Podcast. Yep. Uh, that would be great. Very helpful, especially this early on. Um, what happens with, uh, with, with something like specifically on Apple Podcasts is uh, things w- will get ranked higher if they get a velocity of interactions. So like if a bu- you know a new show with a bunch of with a bunch of reviews uh helps us rise to the top of the list and uh will help expose uh more people to the show um and this is you know uh we we only ever 
you know, grow a show by word of mouth. So you can either do that or you can tell friends, um, talk about the show on social media. All of that is important stuff to do uh, with with a show as young, with a show as baby as this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not quite the the pilot of this show, mm-hmm. but everything will come together even more. So, colonized yeah. dynamic will develop. <laughs> uh, you think go. there's a lot? There, you think there's a lot further for that to go? Uh, yeah, okay, Ducky okay. too, man. Okay, I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you for listening. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, go, go team, team venture. venture.